Listen, all you New Yorkers. Is the 77 WABC minicast. Let us go from talking about the world of illegal aliens to the world or the galaxy of aliens and other entities that might be on their way here from space. And as we do each and every bi-weekly first hour of the program. We are going to be joined by a man with the best voice in all of radio and even more expertise. Steve Cates, a.k.a. Dr. Sky, is a veteran radio and TV broadcaster and an edutainer who knows astronomy, space, and all things involving looking up better than anyone. He's also a podcaster. You could check out the Dr. Sky Experience at Red Apple, uh, redapplepodcastnetwork.com. We are going to answer your questions this hour on a, well, he's going to answer them. I'm going to help pose them on a wide variety of issues related to space, the sky, etc. If you want to give us a call this hour, you can do so. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. As we once again embark on the infinite side of midnight. Dr. Sky, it's great to talk to you again. Well, good morning, Frank. Good to be with you as we go infinite once more in our bi-weekly, bi-monthly uh, session. And looking forward to some great uh, callers with some interesting questions, I'm sure. So this, good morning. Yeah, good morning indeed. This was a big week. The James Webb Space Telescope apparently detected carbon dioxide, methane, and intriguingly, perhaps dimethyl sulfide, which on Earth is only made by living things. And they detected this in the atmosphere of a distant planet. Is this proof positive that there's life elsewhere, Steve? Well, not quite, Frank. I mean, the scientists have to kind of control themselves a little bit here. The early indications from James Webb doing, you know, an amazing job, as we know, of giving us information that we've never had. I mean, just go back 20, 30 years. If we knew this point in time, we would have all this information. It would just be baffling, but it's real. But what they have, here's a quick summation. James Webb, of course, peering out there into the universe, going almost back to the creation point about 13 and a half or more billion years ago. It's been spying on these exoplanetary systems out in the, in the universe. And we know now, since around the early 1990s, when 51 Pegasi, the first of the exoplanetary systems discovered, even then, obviously the first of its kind, imagine before that, thinking that there's planetary objects that can actually be seen or discovered around other stars, we had a hard enough time to, you know, determining how many uh, planetary objects and asteroids are in our own solar system. So what do they do? This particular telescope in the infrared images areas of the sky that they're searching for more red dwarf stars. Simply what red dwarfs are are the pretty much end life of many stars. Could be post-supernova, could be another evolution, but these very tiny stars that are out there were once thought to not be the possibility where you would look for life. Why? Because the energy and heat they give off is too diminutive. The obviously problem there was be that you're looking for bright stars like the sun. So they find that object 120 light years away from us in the constellation Pisces. The object alleged to be eight times the size of the Earth around this red dwarf star. The identity of the object that they're calling a planetary object is called K2-18b, a fancy description for an object. But what they find out 
And people are probably wondering, how do they find out that there's any kind of molecular you know, information or material around these stars? They do it what they call spectroscopically. So as you look at a regular spread spectrum of, let's say, the different colors of the rainbow, there's all kinds of emission or absorption lines, which we would take hours to explain that. But they find signatures of something that's only, as you mentioned correctly, a molecule that sustains life, which is only produced by plankton in the ocean called dimethyl sulfide. Now, they're going to have to, you asked me if this is proof positive, they're going to still have to recheck and recheck this information, but they're giving us this leading indication that there might be something here that's different. Now, many of these little planetary objects that they're discovering like this with the organic molecules are called hycyons, fancy information word they made up from oceans and hydrogen, the two words with organic molecules. So the jury's still out. They probably do a white paper on this, but more importantly, they need more confirmation. But that's interesting, Frank, because then with all the stories of aliens, you know, and craft here being, you know, dug up or the U.S. government having alien spacecraft and biologics, I think we're moving in the right direction, don't you? It certainly seems pretty interesting. I mean, some of it seems obviously very fantastic, and we'll get into uh, some of the more fantastic claims throughout the the hour. But uh, this seems uh, really potentially very groundbreaking. And I I wonder, obviously, this is a, a planet or an exoplanet that's too far away for us to send a ship back and have it come back in a week or uh, a month or a year or five years. What, What is the next step in determining whether or not there is life on this exoplanet? Well, they have to do a series, Frank. I mean, in other words, it's one time. Let's say you caught a picture of something like a meteor across the sky and you did that spectrum and you're saying, well, there's some, you know, organic molecules in there. We need to seriously go back and do the same thing with this particular object and replicate that information to see how many times you can prove that that's repeat, you know, it appears in their spectroscopic observations because one time doesn't really, you know, doesn't confirm much of anything. It's just an exciting potential discovery as we were talking about, not proof positive. Well, what's interesting about this, this is really very interesting to me because this is an infrared telescope, meaning it peers out and searches for heat signatures. But what makes James Webb more important, if you have this gigantic mirror system, you know, dwarfing the uh, Hubble Space Telescope, it's really a piece of uh, incredible technology that sits about a million miles away at a geostationary point in space. So what's interesting here, too, is a lot of these things that they look at, these exoplanets, they've only been able to determine, or these stars that have planets, when they transit. In other words, they go in front of the parent star they get imagery indicating that there's something there. And upon further analysis, you see, well, maybe there's one or two or three planetary objects. So they need to do much more research on this. But it's interesting. But where I would start looking, and I don't have any telescope to do this, just an opinion, like many people out there, I would be searching more so for the Proxima Centauri system, which is still only 4.2 light years away from us. This Proxima Centauri is a dwarf star a red dwarf around the planetary, excuse me, around the stellar system, the Alpha Centauri system. And they have detected small planetary objects there. So if we were going to send a probe, it's still a very difficult thing because it would take thousands of years for a space probe to get there. But the closeness and proximity of that hopefully gives us better imagery than looking for something that's 120 light years away. 